Welcome back to the Road Home from Wrestling interview. My name's Andy. I'm coming to you live to tape, and today it might be the biggest guest we've ever had. It's RJ City. How you doing, sir? You know, I looked it. I looked it up. I looked up the other guests. I do that when I do a podcast. I like to know whose company I'm in. You know. Uh, especially when, like, if I'm di- if I'm gonna start a date a girl, I would like to know who else she's dated. <laughs> I would like to know what ilk I'm considered in. But uh, I saw that you had Hornswoggle on. Yes, just recently uh, he uh, who, came on to plug his book. Yeah, uh, uh, and I've wrestled him before, and he beat me. And a kid kept chanting, "Hornswoggle's gonna kill you." Uh, and then the next show we did in Toronto, the kid showed up. With a shirt saying Hornswoggle's gonna kill you. And he was really obsessed with, you know, me me being murdered by this specific man. Uh, so and, I must say, so in all fairness, I would say Hornswoggle is perhaps your biggest guess. I, you know, I appreciate that. But it, yeah. in all fairness to this little kid and to Hornswoggle, here you are. So he didn't kill I, you. Um, you here know, I am. And, yeah. I'm thinking that little kid might be an idiot. It could be the case, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a wrestling fan, so no matter what his age, something, what is, do? something yeah. is not right. Yeah. <laughs> well, my first question for you today is um, we're going to get right into this. And, you know, this is the question that everybody's wondering. They've just turned this on, and they want to know. This is an audio podcast, but are you in your underwear, or do you only make coffee in your underwear? No, I only make, well, I mean, I sleep in my underwear now. I've been getting very hot. Um, No, unfortunately, I don't want to upset everyone, but I am wearing shorts. Like, I'm not dressed to season. Uh, It is snowing outside, and I did wear shorts to go to the gym like an asshole. Um, But no, I'm not in the underwear, because then I don't want to be in my underwear all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go out, I'll go to a comedy show or something, somebody's like, oh, surprised to see you have a shirt on. And I'm like, I'm surprised that you don't realize I do a show, and then I go out into the world. What is wrong with you people? Uh, but that's not to say I go commando. You can't wear jeans and no underwear. That's horrible. You'll, you'll end up with a salami in your pants at the end of the night. It's just not a good look at all. So I always have underwear on, no matter what. Unless I'm naked. And then, in that case, Honestly, most of the time, if I'm naked, I know it's like a faux pas sexually, but I have socks on because my feet get cold. Even when I do coffee and underwear, I have socks. My feet get cold. If my feet are warm, like I can handle everything else. Uh, so sorry. Is it, have, I'm sorry. Have we started? Yes, that that's Wonderful. some great behind the scenes stuff right there. And you know something interesting about what you said. Um, you know the famous actor Patrick Swayze. He um, actually in the movie uh, was it Roadhouse. He raw dogged at that whole movie. He many times in that movie you see him sliding the jeans on with no underwear. And I guess that means he's just a little more badass than you and I, right? Yeah, I also heard it was perhaps a method technique to get into the ruggedness of that character. That kind of take-no-shit attitude. I'm wearing jeans, and I can feel them all over my body. That kind of thing. I'm sure De Niro, when Commando, with certain scenes in Raging Bull, I was told uh, he wasn't wearing any underwear. He was just free-balling it, which is a show business term. That's where it was invented. Well, and that's, you know, you are a show business person. You're an entertainer. Uh, You're a song and dance man. You're a purveyor of coffee, underwear, all kinds of things. And you're also a wrestler, right? 
Yeah, I happen to wrestle. Wrestling, I mean, how sad is it? You get people on the show and you say, so tell me about wrestling. They're like, oh, it's all I do. I live wrestling. I breathe wrestling. And you go, well, how one-dimensional are you? Like, you must have a lot of time on your hands. Wrestling can't eat up that much time. You're not spending 23 hours of your day sitting in a hammerlock. It's ridiculous. So there are other interests, and I have other talents. I mean, what do you want me to do? I have to stifle the rest of my life just because I like wrestling? I happen to be good at wrestling. I happen to be good at other things. Let's do them all at once and see what happens. You come from a long line of entertainers as well. I was very lucky, and I'm not really sure the physics of all this and how this works, but um, I believe I saw one of your ancestors, maybe your great-grandfather or your grandfather, recently at the old wrestling promotion. And, um, you know, he was acting out a film right in front of us. I mean, what's it like to come from this kind of lineage? And, and tell me a little bit about your family background. Oh, I mean, first of all, I will say, you know, he was the, the first guy to say, hey, you know what, let's just do the film on the fly. The hell with this, this take stuff. Let's just, let's just do it live and get it out there. He was very uh, resourceful like that. So that, that is my great uh, grandfather, RJ Metropolis. And he's, uh, well, a lot of people say he does look like me. And I guess I can see it certain ways, certain faces he makes. I go, ah, I see where I get that from. Uh, he was a silent film star. And, uh, you know, now that the talkies are out, I think he has a little bit of resentment there, uh, which is which is fine, fine. He actually found a, a new protege, a new star uh, that he's very excited to debut. I don't know if you've heard of him. A young man named Fatty Arbuckle uh, seems to have a promising young career, and I'm excited to see his upward trajectory. I don't see him slowing down or stopping at any time. Wow. Well, yeah. like I said, I mean, you come from this lineage of – you know, uh, of this, this amazing talent and everything like that. Do you hope to one day find your own fatty Arbuckle? I think I have in the form of David Arquette. I think, I think everyone has their own fatty Arbuckle, uh, in their life. And this guy happens to be mine. It's strange. You know, as you said, I, I am a wrestling fan, so I have that, you know, disability, so to speak. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I've, I, you know, I'm watching these matches and everything and I never heard of this guy. And all of a sudden I find out he's wrestling you and I'm like, oh, now I remember him. You know, before that, I, I hadn't remembered anything about him. And, uh, you know, here he comes, he comes and wrestles you and you make a star out of this guy. Yeah, it's really, I mean, you can go watch the match. I believe it's it's on YouTube. It's a classic broomstick performance. I almost felt like Mickey Mouse and Fantasia uh, making the, the mops dance. Uh, I will say, uh, in all legitimacy, his family also has a deep, deep background in theater and show business. And, you know, obviously his, his sisters, uh, his father was an actor. His grandfather was the famed comedian and Hollywood Squares staple, Charlie Weaver. And his great-grandparents uh, were in the Yiddish theater, uh, vaudeville. So I think as much as we are polar opposites personality-wise, and as much as I don't like him, and I can assure you again, I don't like him, there does seem to be that unspoken bond, and maybe it comes from decades of our families just doing what they love. You could be right. I mean, there's a chance that, uh, you know, granddaddy RJ Metropolis had an issue with one of his uh, ancestors at some point, And this is just kind of the thing that has just come through the bloodlines. Um, now, you don't have the same approach 
to things like pro wrestling and entertaining that other people do. I mean, other people, they, you know, they practice all the time in the ring and things like that, but you workshop, right? I do workshop. Uh, I have a little YouTube video. I put it out. I want people to see the process behind how I put my matches together. People think I just, you know, go out there, do it on the fly. It's not really my bag. No, months, months uh, uh, before a match, I'll start thinking about it. Uh, I'll start writing down in my little notebook. Maybe this will be a fun spot. Maybe this will be a little cute little story. And then I start taking it to the clubs, the comedy clubs, and uh, reciting the matches and, and, and really testing them, I guess, focus group. Uh, if you would like to use that modern term, I'm not crazy about it, but I, you know, I like to feel the energy in the room and, uh, then I'll make adjustments and maybe I'll get a tight 10 out of it. You know what I mean? Uh, hopefully yeah. I'll be able to work up to my own Netflix special of just, you know, me talking about my favorite matches. Was that video filmed at Caroline's? Uh, no, it was filmed at Comedy Bar in Toronto. Caroline's has a thing where they want to take a cut of the profits and blah, 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 blah and uh, that's fine. And that's why I was at Dangerfields for so long. But uh, no, they're good people, and, and I, I don't begrudge them at all. Well, maybe one day they'll be lucky enough to have you, you know. Uh, but it's fun. You, you have all these ideas, like you said. You workshop them out in the clubs, but your effect on pro wrestling goes back years and years. Um, what a lot of people maybe don't know is that you are the man behind many of the things in pro wrestling that people just take for granted. They think Hulk Hogan came up with a leg drop. You know, They think that DX decided to point at their penises on their own. Can yeah. you tell the folks no. a little bit how you've, you've kind of inspired these things throughout, throughout history? Yeah, I mean, those kids, those cats were all over the place. Uh, sometimes you need a little mentor. You need to get a little Obi-Wan with these people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you need to come out of the closet like Ghost Babe Ruth in the Sandlot, if I may be so bold as to use that analogy. Hulk was all over the place. He's a, he was a flipping, flopping guy. Now the guy barely leaves his feet. But you, you talk about the Young Bucks. This guy was, was all over the place. Let me do this. Inside the ring, outside the ring. All over the place. Just moves, moves, moves. And, and, and finally, you got to say Hulk alone. Slow it down a little. You know what I mean? And uh, ironically, uh, uh, his look is also attributed to me, too. The guy had the red knee pads that you know him for, but then he had green boots and green tights. I said, dear Lord, happy holidays to you. What about another color? What about something nice? Try yellow. So he did that, and then, you know, okay, it caught on. Guy's walking around in green. Dear Lord. Yeah, it's done pretty well, and um, I was wondering, you know, I heard your story about uh, Vince McMahon making the cappuccinos, a little too much frothy in there. Has he yeah. gotten better at that, or is that, I mean, is, is he just giving up on making cappuccinos? Oh, no, no, now, now uh, you know, Shane or, or Linda will make it. Uh, he just got, he gets very frustrated, you know? It's an art, you have to have the steady hand. He's a little too hulking to 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 get that it's a very genteel process and i don't think he's well equipped for it it's something that 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 bothers him and i really think his aggression in you know the way the business is run and now him doing the xfl all that seems to stem from uh his inability to make cappuccino well, obviously, the XFL was your idea, I'm sure. Um, you know, are, do you have any other ideas floating around that maybe... You know what? Uh, yeah. When when does this podcast come out in relation to when we're recording it? It'll be the very next day, so it's going to be on a Tuesday. Oh, amazing, because next week, so like a week today, 
or a week Monday, whatever, or a week yesterday, listen, next week, since we all know what week this is, uh, I will reveal another story on my YouTube, uh, a little history lesson, and it's about how I invented kayfabe, period. Uh, how I invented the whole thing. So before everyone was doing shit for real. And uh, until I came along and really changed the landscape. So you brought kayfabe into life and you can take it out. Is that kind of how that works? Oh, absolutely. It's an on-off switch. I mean, you know, these people are doing uh, Listen, everything on television is fake. I will tell you that. Even when they say, oh, this is real, the whole thing is fake. I also came up with, I don't know if you remember, after ECW on TNN, there used to be that roller derby show. They were doing it for real. And I said, guys, hey, you're a good character. You're a good-looking guy, the angry boss, and then you know, some athletic people. I said, why don't you just rig the whole thing? So it really took off after that. I loved Roller Jam. Thank you yeah. for that. Yet another thing that I need to thank you for. Now, I know that um, I asked you to come on, and you're doing me a massive favor by coming on the podcast. But, you know, I just want to go a step further. I got you here. You know, I can't help but ask, what kind of advice would you have for me? I mean, what do you have any ideas for me? I'm, I'm a middle-aged, bald man. I, uh, you know, I have a podcast where we talk about the wrestling. We, we, we do mostly, but sometimes we try to you know, do a little better. Is, do you have any ideas for me, things that I could change to maybe become the next Hulk? Oh, wow. Uh, there's, there's, I would say certainly embrace your failings, which I think you're doing quite well. Uh, you don't even have to put these podcasts out there. Just because you have a podcast doesn't mean you have to put it out for people to listen to. Uh, you can just have it for yourself. Do the whole podcast and, and then whatever. Listen to it at night before you go to bed. Uh, do I have any other advice? I mean, do you want to be the next Hulk Hogan or do you want to be the first Drusifer Jones? I guess get a new name uh, would probably be my first advice. Uh, if you want to get into the business, you need a catchy name. I have a couple. I have a, on a list that you're more than welcome to co-op. The first one is Luke Warm. So it would be okay. a very good wrestling name if you're interested in that. Okay, uh, I like Paul, it. Okay, number two, uh, Paul the Paul Man Paulson. Okay. Kind of wow. a theme there, you know. Redundant, the, I like it. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone's going, yes, yes, yes. Why don't you get them to chant, Paul, Paul, Paul. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> and uh, the third one is, of course... Uh, Fuck Shitman. Ooh, that so, I can get behind. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I made that, that's gonna. That's one of my favorite things I've ever heard in my life. I, yeah, you know, you ha, you say so many things, and and later on we're gonna get into some RJ City quotes and what you meant by them and what they mean to you. But you know, I, I want to start off with one that I heard recently um, that you said. You said it's not about the money. It's about the memories. You are one of these guys when you, you know, pro wrestling, entertaining, whatever it is you're doing, you're about making the memories for the fans and you're not about the money. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's how, that's, that's the, the key to success. And that's how, you know, someone is in it for the right reasons. You come over and you say, wow, this guy has a, a terrible house, a terrible car, and he has to scrape by just to eat. He must really like this. Uh, so the worse my life is, I think the more people enjoy me. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry about that. But you know, uh, you, got, you got these guys <laughs> driving around going, Hey, I got a pool. I got this SUV. And I think, well, that must mean you, you don't like wrestling at all. You're just doing it for the money. 
I mean, certainly if I did it for the memories, I could have a nice memory of making a lot of money. That would have been a good memory. Uh, but no, I just, you know, I love the fans. I love looking them in the face and thinking, what are you doing here? Would you ever ask them that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, one, um, the weirdest, this, this, this random girl was all dressed up entirely by herself and came to uh, the comedy show I did with Dalton Castle. And I after the show, I'm like, she came up and said hi, and I said, like, who are you, and what are you doing here? And she uh, was, like, just discovering indie wrestling, and one of her friends saw the poster and said, you should come to this, check out the show. So she came by herself, having no idea who I was, and having no idea who Dalton was. I don't know why she came or why she claimed to have enjoyed the show because I don't know how it would be remotely endearing if you didn't know who we were, uh, which is just fascinating. I'm just fast. I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't want to go out for anything. If someone was, if somebody came in and put a gun to my head, they're like, you know, get out of your house. I'd be like, can I just, can I take a nap first? I don't want to leave. So why someone would, would go to see something as idiotic as that is really beyond me. Well, hopefully he would notice that you're in your underwear, whoever's holding the gun, and you'd be like, listen, I'm in my underwear. Of course I'm not going out, you know? Right. Um, At least let me keep my socks on. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. cold outside, as you said. Um, yeah. You know, we also talked about um, briefly before we before we started recording about uh, another famous actor that you've worked with. Um, his name's Magnum CK. Now, He's oh, had some yeah. great. He's had some great ideas. He's done some great things. But you know, the fact that he told me he knows you just kind of uh, fills me in on the fact that he didn't come up with all that stuff. So you know, what is the thing that you know Magnum CK does or, or has done in the past that obviously is attributed to you and that he's been taking credit for? Well, uh, let me tell you something. We uh, I have a good friend of mine. His name is Jewel Hallmeyer. Uh, he, he was the SCTV costume designer. I won't get into it. Anyway, we were, we were getting Magnum fitted for new tights, a little, little, some gear, you know, a good look. So we had a shirt off. We were trying to do a couple different things on. He said, man, I am I'm chilly in here. And it was indeed chilly. I guess it was perhaps February in Toronto, as chilly as that can be. And so I said, oh, let me see if I can get you something. And I just grabbed this, this big uh, uh, square of sequined material. To just put it over his shoulders uh, to keep him warm. And, and I put it over him, and it was blue and purple. And, and I said, there you go. You feel better? And he said, yeah. And we just took a look in the mirror, and we went. He said, oh, my God, I have to wear this all the time. You, so. you, you don't even try. You're not even trying, and you're coming up with these amazing things. I, you know, Well, when you're, you're tuned into the frequency of what the universe wants you to do, it, it comes – so naturally, I don't even think about it at this point. Where did you learn that? Oh, I've taken classes. Uh, you, I, you, do, do you remember? Any, do you have any? Do I have any what? You could do any techniques you could share with us? Well, I I don't do transcendental meditation, but I listen to interviews with celebrities who do it. Uh, Paul McCartney, Ringo, David Lynch, Seinfeld, Howard Stern, and and they go, you know, oh, I did transcendental meditation twenty minutes every morning. It's very good. And I I 
think to myself, oh, wow, that would be great if I did that. And it's so powerful that I don't even need to do it. I just need to think about doing it. And like, there I am. I'm in. Well, we've already established that you're, you know, an entertainer of all kinds. You have film experience, quite a bit of it. I want to know what was it like to work with Lance Henrik- Henriksen? Ooh, unfortunately, I didn't get to like actually work with him. He narrated the so the movie is called Monster Brawl, and if you enjoy overdosing on prescription medication, it's a good movie to watch. Um, they did the, the whole film, and then they. I think the producer and the director met him at a Comic-Con and got him to record all the voiceovers in his hotel room. Um, So he was the narrator for that. He's wildly, uh, devilishly handsome. Uh, He's a very attractive fellow. I did meet him at the premiere, and I was like, hey, and he's just, he's one of those guys like a Vincent Price, where you're like, he's, he's fully vibing in his own mode he's starring as himself in his life which is wonderful but uh i did get to work uh with the wonderful uh uh robert maye who uh, of course is kurgan from wwe and uh who else is in that movie jimmy hart who also who i saw like two months ago and i was like hey man just so you know uh we have met and hung out before but i was in, i was dressed as a wolf man so and he was like oh yeah maybe that was a great movie and i was like no it wasn't but like cool so and that's of course where the my burgeoning friendship with kevin nash began wow what's he like i mean talk about someone who is you know uh, doing what the cosmos wants him to do you know he's in tune uh so much so that it's almost like he barely even tries at anything yeah. Well, why do you need to? When you know what to do, you don't have to try. Or you don't have to spend all your time and energy figuring it out. He's just—he's the coolest, most intelligent man. He's so incredibly funny, so incredibly smart. We'll never quite get the due he's deserved in how intelligent he is because he's so handsome. Uh, and and ironically, I was doing—I can't even remember what I was searching for when I came upon a clip of him on Martin Short's daytime talk show, uh, which was the Martin Short show in the 90s, and it's him and Nash, and at the end of their interview, they sing, there's no business like show business. And I went, well, clearly there's a reason that this man is in my life. That is tremendous. Um, he's also, I believe, um, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, if I correct. And um, yeah. I think that has a tremendous trailer, a tremendous movie trailer. And I just wanted to know, does your acting experience and you know your in-tuneness with everything that's going on, does that help you break down movie trailers like you do on your YouTube channel? I think it does. I think you, you, you think about pacing, and you also know getting to be behind the scenes, you're like, why did they make this choice? What were they trying to sell, and, and how well did it do? Uh, I'm doing one Wednesday, uh, the Spice Girls uh, movie trailer. And actually, I'll so wait, I'll drop this. Uh, no one knows this yet. This is an exclusive for your little podcast here. Uh, the next trailer I'll be doing after that is the trailer for uh, the Flintstones movie, that horrible vehicle with John Goodman. Uh, and there is a lot, a lot to talk about. There are a lot of... Uh, 
grand miscalculated career decisions in that film. I uh, I saw that movie in the theater. Um, yeah, it was not a good experience. So there's a lot of reasons for that, but uh, it was not a good experience. Um, I, yeah, I, I, how do you choose the trailers that you're going to do? I mean, are you looking at a movie and you think, uh, gosh, this might be a movie that needs explaining? Is that is that kind of how you come up with this stuff? Well, I did this weird kind of six degrees thing where I started with the first Wives Club, which is just a personal movie, and I didn't realize I would keep doing them. I said, let me just review this trailer because, God, why not? Uh, and then after that, for some reason, with that, I thought, oh, uh, I thought just My Girl would be a good trailer because it was out at the same time. And then I discovered there was a My Girl 2 that also starred Dan Aykroyd. And I thought, well, what the hell? Uh, let's do Nothing But Trouble while we're at it, too. And then I thought Nothing But Trouble. It was almost Halloween. Bette Midler again. I was like, let's do Hocus Pocus. And then I did Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, which was a, a hoot. And then um, what was the other one I did? Oh, and I just did the Super Mario Brothers. So I, I just, just odd, strong choices seem to really resonate with me right now. Wow. Well, this yeah. whole conversation is resonating with me, and I'm sure all the listeners as well. And as I mentioned before, you know, I've been perusing your, your writings, your, your speakings, and, and all the things that you've been doing. And I came up with a couple quotes that I'd like to kind of do a little word association with you. You know, I'll, I'll tell you the quote. You know, I'm not going to do it as well as you did, obviously, but, and then you can kind of tell me at least what it means to you or what were you thinking at the time when you said it? Okay. Yes, please do. Okay. So the first one is, are you chasing your dreams or are your dreams chasing you? Mm. Mm. Uh, what was I thinking at the time? I was probably, a, probably had a nightmare, you know, sometimes I, I have a dream that I'm being chased by Vern Gagne. And he says, well, let me put you in a key lock, he'll say. And that's uh, something that, that traumatizes me. So as much as you want certain things, you realize, oh, my God, maybe these things are actually ruining my life. I've had a similar dream. What is he wearing in the dream? Oh, you know, the high wool socks over the, uh, under the wrestling boots and, uh, and some wool tights. He's very woolen. All right. Well, there you go. Now, here's the next one, okay? It says, uh... Nobody cares about the guy making apple pie. They care about the guy consistently throwing apples at them. Right. It's not about making things that are good. It's just about making things and a lot of things and bombarding people with it. it content uh, is, is king. It's the game of content here. So, you know, you, you know these aren't good, but you're like, you know, what the hell? I'm going to pump them out as often as possible and see what happens. And that's a solid business model. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Wow. This is really getting into some good stuff here. Wow. Okay. So I got, I got two more for you. Okay. Uh, yes. This next one. I don't judge a man by the size of his balls. Oh, uh, uh, I have a, you know, a little fact. I have zero recollection of making that quote. What did I follow it up with? Something about the man's penis, I believe. Oh, yeah, because, oh, that makes sense now. Because people say, oh, well, I've got big balls. I was like, well, why would you want to have big balls? They'd be kind of unsightly and cumbersome. And they'd make your penis look small. 
anything. Everyone wants a big. You never say, "Oh, I slept with that guy. He has nice big balls." That's so, weird. You so know, maybe just put, if, if yeah. you have if you have smaller balls, it might make your penis look bigger. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you want a decent penis no matter what, but you should say, "Hey, I have a nice medium-sized pair of balls." Okay, yeah. that's good to know. I'm I'm writing this yeah. stuff down while I'm saying while we're while we're doing this. Even though I'm recording it, I still I just feel like I need to write that down to help me remember it. So uh, there's just one more thing, uh, you know, that that I need a little explanation on, and I really appreciate you doing this. And it's an easy quote: "Knee Arthur." Yeah, just that. Uh, you know, a a gift from the woman herself. Uh, when I pull down my knee pad, she's with me. And uh, uh, she she fells my foes, and not like Norman fell, uh, who looks oddly like Jack Klugman. But I'm not. That's this is neither the time nor place. Uh, but she's she's always a gift, and she's never let me down. Can you tell me a little bit more uh, as we kind of wrap this up? I, I'm interested in your relationship with Charo. I know that uh, you know she's kind of hitting on you a little bit here and there. If I if I kind of reading this correctly, uh, how did you meet Charo, and and how did you develop this relationship with her? Well, I've yet to meet her. We're doing quite oh, cool. a coquettish dance at this point. Uh, David Arquette posted a couple pictures with me, and and she had liked them, and then I became enamored with her Instagram. Certainly, I've been a fan of hers for a long time, and and then I figured, let me. Uh, you know, take a chance and see what's out there. And the the reception has been warm. I'm planning on on being in Los Angeles uh, sometime before the end of the year. And and you know, if she's around, I'm around. You know what? Let you know. Let the chips or the maracas fall where they may. Well, I'm picturing a moment where you know you go to her Hollywood palatial estate and. She's sitting there with her flamenco guitar, looking beautiful as usual. And, and what song is she singing to you? Oh, my. Uh, I would suggest, probably, I, I think it would be a nice time to do a cover. And I'm going to suggest Quando uh, by Engelbert Humperdinck. Uh, I would like to hear her rendition. It has a little Spanish in it, so she should be familiar with it. And uh, I don't think there's that many chords, which I think, you know, so she'll be good at that. Well, there you go, guys. I mean, I think that wraps everything up. I don't know what else to say except the. Well, you always end on Quando. You always end on Quando. <laughs> well, where can folks find you? You know, you need to search RJ City on YouTube and subscribe to RJ City's uh, YouTube channel for uh, some of the most entertaining content out there. And uh, how else can folks find you? That's just type my name into things, and other things will pop up. And then they can find me. There's many different things. There's not one hot source. Go explore. You now know my name. And, and that is the only key that you should need to unlock this uh, 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 cathedral of charisma. Well, there you go, folks. Whether it's a, a hammer lock or a key lock, RJ City is the one that's going to unlock it for you. Um, you know, uh, you can follow the show at the Road Home FW. You can follow me at Drusifer Tweets or fucking Shittington Tweets, maybe. I might change that, too. Fuck and, Shipman. Uh, Fuck Shipman. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Fuck Shipman uh, Tweets. That'll be my new uh, uh, Twitter. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening.